Welcome to the Sip and Soul podcast. My name's Angie Lightnecker, transformational coach, self-development junkie, network marketing advocate. For over a decade, I've been obsessed with the power of human potential and realized that the recipe is the same whether you're four or 104. In this show, you'll learn the recipe for living your best life through Posy Vibes and a Soulful Tribe. So grab a cup, let's fill yours up. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm so, so excited to introduce you to this girl today because since the moment I met her, I was like, I want to be her friend. She's just someone who is a ray of sunshine. She can dance like none other. She has serious skills. And I'll just read her bio quickly, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. So you are a sociologist, body confidence coach, wellness strategist with so much passion and energy for creating a world where no little girl or woman ever looks in the mirror and dislikes who she sees. With a master's degree in sociology and a focus in women's health for over a decade in the fitness and nutrition industry, she combines her education with her own wellness journey to inspire and empower women around the world to question beauty standards and get out of their body thoughts and into living their best, most confident lives. She is a total ray of sunshine. You need to follow her on social media. And I'm so happy to welcome Danielle. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, sister. I just love you so much. And I'm so honored and grateful to be here. It's so fun. Oh my goodness. So I just need to, let's start us off by telling us how you became this woman, this woman who speaks to other women, speaks to young girls with like changing the standards, changing the paradigms, changing the way that we look at ourselves. Like how did this start? Oh boy. I, you know, it, it's just, it's funny because that's such a big question, right? When it someone is. asks you that, cause it's like, man, it took me my whole life to get here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's so many things that happened. Uh, I just remember, you know, I, in high school, just always being interested in other humans, right? Why do we think the way that we think? Why do we do what we do? And so I got really obsessed with this thing called sociology. I actually took a course in high school and I was like, wow, like I'm living in a world that I don't even really understand what, what I'm even living in. And not that I was like, oh, I'm going to go to school for sociology. Cause nobody says that no. <laughs> you know? I was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. Um, yeah. and I had that plan until I realized that they don't actually just stand up and talk in court for hours and argue. They like do a lot of paperwork. And I was like, who wants to do that? <laughs> no one, no one. So anywho, I was a dancer my whole life. And so but I struggled a lot with my body image. Uh, I had lots of cellulite still do. And I actually, when I was graduating from high school, I took all my high school graduation money and I spent it on a procedure to get rid of my cellulite because since about sixth grade, I don't, I didn't wear shorts often. I would go to Disney world and I would wear pants in 90 degree, hundred degree weather Because I was like, nobody should have to see this, right? And I don't know exactly where that message came from. I don't know if it was just seeing women in magazines and on TV. You know, I don't remember my mom ever talking negatively about her body. So it wasn't her, but I got the message loud and clear that something was wrong with me. And it was my job to fix it. And so I tried 
Um, the procedure didn't work, by the way. So nobody go do that. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't change a thing. All the cellulite was still there because it's science. How our bodies are actually as women, the way that our fat is under our skin is different than men, which is why women, majority of us have cellulite. It's just a thing. And it's funny because later on in my life, I was like, I can't even see this. Why do I care? The person behind me, if you got a problem, that sounds like a personal one. Like, that's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But anyways, so I, I was stuck in this mindset of, you know, dieting, taking diet pills, trying to change my body, trying to look a certain way. I wanted a JLo booty. I wanted, right. Like I wanted the six pack abs. I wanted all of that. I, t- I had pictures, right. Of like the Cavalier, Cleveland Cavalier girls, like on my wall, like one day I'm going to look like that because that's what I should look like. Um, and then I went through college and I remember sitting in a court, I was in a class, I think it was in grad school and I was sitting in a class and we were learning about marketing and we were evaluating and analyzing how in magazines specifically, and also TV commercials before like social media and <laughs> social media and YouTube, we talked about magazines and TV commercials. Um, but we were evaluating how our bodies were, how women's bodies were used for marketing, right. And how they were edited and how boys were placed higher than girls and how women's bodies were used as objects and all these different things. And I remember all of us women looking at each other in the class and being like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. This is why I struggle. This is why it's not my fault that I don't like my body. It's their fault, right? They've spent billions of dollars, a $550 billion industry telling me that my body is wrong. So I buy products to change it. And it was just that aha moment of, wow, like this is the reality. Now that didn't change everything because then I'm still a human. And I was like, I still need to lose weight and have a six pack and have, you know, all the things. So I continued through college. Of course I gained weight because it's college and I leave college and I'm finally like, okay, let's, let's try to do this the quote unquote right way. So I started eating healthier, working out, and I found a way to make fitness fun. And so I started dancing and teaching cardio kickboxing. And I was like, this is so cool. Um, So I made fitness fun. I made nutrition simple. And along the journey, I was like, okay, but if I don't, if I do these things, that's cool. Lose weight. Great. But if I don't change my mindset at the same time, I'm going to end up back in the same exact spot because only 5% of people who lose weight actually keep it off. Like that's just, we're not, our bodies aren't meant to diet like that. So if I don't shift my mindset, I am going to just be back where I was. And the whole reason why I'm doing this is because I don't love my body. So what can I do about it? And so I went on this whole journey of, you know, learning from top psychologists and using my sociology background and just being obsessed with the idea of how can we actually fall in like until we fall in love with our bodies while at the same time focusing on our food and our nutrition and all the things. So that's kind of a long way of telling you how I got to this point today. Wow. So you speak a lot about confidence. And so what is confidence to you? And what is your message about confidence? Because obviously it's not something that you know, maybe it's Maybelline, maybe she's born with it, like this, you know, or certain people just born with confidence and then they have it and other people don't. Or what is your message regarding confidence? Yeah, I love that question, Angie. Uh, No, for me, you know, I always say we, we were all born with confidence. 
I believe there was like a little muscle put into us. that was like your confidence muscle. You were born with it. It was there. And then as you grew up, little things started to happen. Little just shifts started to happen to where it said, "Mm, maybe not, maybe not. Right. You saw the magazine. You heard your friend saying how she needed to lose weight. You heard your aunt say her legs look this way. You started hearing all these things. Right. And then we grow up and we're like, oh my gosh, how is she so confident? She is born with it. She is special. She is all those things. And we think what's wrong with me. And the reality is, is that you're never going to wake up in my opinion, nobody wakes up and is like, I'm so confident, right? Like I'm just ready. What they do instead, right? Is it's a date. Confidence is a daily practice. It's a daily choice. I believe we get to choose confidence every single day in the choices that we make, right? And so confidence to me, that's why I use body confidence instead of body positivity or, you know, there's so many ways that you can just label yourself, which I don't need a label, but I say body confidence because For me, it's about being confident in the choices that I make for myself. It all comes down to my choices and my choices are going to be different than your choices and are going to be different from her choices. And it's really important that we remember that most of our confidence is built by being authentic to ourselves. And so many of us are living in bodies and minds that we don't even know what that is. We don't know who we really are, what are our values, what are our beliefs, what are, right, we're living in this world where you get married by a certain age, you have kids by a certain age, you do this, you travel here, you don't do this, you do that, without questioning why, why, right? I was in a relationship for 13, almost 14 years before I got married. Oh my gosh, people are just so confused. I'm like, I was happy. It wasn't a priority. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, every day I woke up and said, am I happy? If the answer is yes, then I'm good. Whether there's a ring on my finger or not, it didn't matter to me. It might matter to you, but it doesn't matter to me. And so that really helped me build my confidence because every day I just ask myself, what are my values? What's important to me? Like, does this actually matter to me? And every time we answer those questions and we know what that is, it builds our confidence muscle one brick at a time. Love 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 that so much just the confidence muscle and every single day making the choice that I'm going to strengthen that muscle today yeah and I love that authenticity part too is that something that you feel like like do you feel like a hundred percent of the time you're able to be authentically Danielle at this stage of the game I love this because you know I think um authenticity is a very interesting thing I think it's a big buzzword right now. And I think it feels fun. And we often, you know, a lot of times in our minds, when we think authentic, someone's being authentically themselves. What I picture in my mind when I see someone being authentic is bright colored hair, loud, right? They're just dancing in the street. They're just, you know, living their best life. And for a long time, I started asking myself, so am I not, am I not authentic? Because that's not me. I don't want to color my hair a different color. I am actually really quiet when I meet with like in groups of people. I'm the quiet one sitting in the corner, just evaluating. I love to listen, you know, so am I not authentic because I don't live up to that? Um, And so I started really questioning this and I'm also different. I'm different around my husband than I am around my friends, than I am around my parents, than I am at, you know, maybe a job or if I'm speaking on a stage, I'm different. They're all important parts of me. They're all me. They're all authentic to who I am. 
but you might get a different version of me depending on who you are. And again, that's one of those things I think a lot of us are battling. Does that make me not authentic then? Do I have to be the same exact, you know, energy and person and all the things in order to be authentic all the time? And my, my answer is no homegirl, you, you have different roles, right? Like I have a different role in every part of my life and every part of those, I bring a different piece of me that that role needs. And, but it's still authentically me, but let me also, but let's also, let's also remember too, because sorry, I totally just cut you off because I love it. Keep going. I'm loving uh, it. No, because you know, it's just one of those things where no, now I, I lost my train of thought. Darn it. I had something that I was going to share with you. It'll come back up. I promise. So tell okay. me what you were going to say next. The moral of the story is don't apologize next time. Just let her rip, let her rip. <laughs> um, no, I love that so much because I do think, you know, we were talking right before coming on here. Your message is essentially for young girls so that they don't have to lose themselves before they find themselves. And you and I were talking about how, you know, a lot of us in the personal development world or whatever you want to call it, we became obsessed with it because we there was a void at some point in our life. There was something that we didn't have figured out that we didn't know. I mean, you're speaking about the cellulite and I literally remember all of my friends laying on their belly at the pool and I was the one like facing up because I have cellulite, you know? Yeah. And so I think that there, you know, the reason we're obsessed with this is because there was a part of us, a, a young girl inside of us that was like, I didn't know this stuff. And now I'm I'm really excited to share this with future generations because they'll just know their whole lives or they'll yeah. have less of the wondering or less of the losing side of it or less of the trying to fill the voids because they'll have access to this content, access to Danielle Hogel early in their lives, right? And so um, all of that to say, I love your messaging about authenticity. I love your messaging around confidence because it gets, it's not cookie cutter. It's not one size fits all. It's you. Like, what do you want? What are your gifts? What are your talents? What are your strengths? What are your abilities? What are your soul nudges? What are the things you want to do? And, and I feel like that's a big part of your message that is so, so, so necessary. So I say, say that. And then I want to ask you another question. What do you feel like is your core message to young girls and their families and anybody that you're speaking with? Like, what do you feel is like 50 years down the road and people are like, this is her legacy statement. This is what she had to say while she was here. Like, oh, what would man. you That just gave me the chills. I've never <laughs> had that question before. And I'm like, oh man, I need to really think through that. Cause that's, that's good. That's a really great question. Um, I'm going to answer that in just a second, but I did want to say back to authenticity, because I remember what I was going to say is, you know, we have this thing. A lot of people say is, oh, I don't care what other people think. Don't care what other people think. Like that's authentic. When you don't care, homegirl, you better care what other people think, because that makes us human. Like we're allowed to care about other people. We're allowed to be empathetic to other people. We're allowed to care what their thoughts are and why they feel the way that they do. Like that is an important piece. So if you tell me you don't care what other people think, that's when we have the problem. Now we Mm -hmm. have to remember that. Yes, we can care what other people think, but we don't have to change our choices based on what other people think. That's a different, there's a difference there. And so when we say that, I know that's what people mean, but we have to be careful with our words. And so we get to create a society where we do care about other people. We do care what other people think but we get to stay true to ourselves and make choices that are still right for us. And they get to make choices that are right for them. 
Um, Love that. And that just to that point, you know, a lot of us talk about courage as like being fearless. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that. I think it's more of like learning to fear less as you face your fears. It's like, there's less of it that like holds you in a death grip. You get to make that decision if it's something that's going to hold you back or not. But I don't think that there should ever be a point in time where we're completely fearless or we don't care what other people think, or we don't, because you're right. Like that's that it's, it's those things that make us connect with other humans and ourselves more. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. I totally took us off track. No, sorry. Not sorry. Sorry. Um, not sorry. <laughs> okay. So you, you want me to go the legacy, the, legacy, the message, um, oh. your body is the least interesting thing about you. You know, I don't want you the body positivity. Let me be clear. The body positivity movement is very powerful and it's very important and it's so much needed. However, what we find is that the average woman spends, and again, these little girls that we're talking about are growing up to be women. So we're trying to prevent this. So the average woman spends about 12 hours a week thinking about her body, just thinking about it, how to change it, how to, how to shift it 12 hours a week. I want to give you 12 hours of your life back. That's just in one week, right? And so if we are spending so much time thinking about the thing that we live in and how to change it, what are we not spending time on? We're not spending time on the passion, the purpose, the dreams, the strengths. We're literally trapped in our body thoughts. And I want to get us out of that. So I don't want you to think about your body more. I don't even need you to love your body. I want you to think about your body less so you can live more, right? I want the message is that, you know, again, your body is the least interesting thing about you. And so what is your purpose? What is your passion, right? And how can we step into that? And the way that we step into that is by being confident in the body that we live in and having peace and freedom to where we can sit down and we can eat a meal and not think about how we got to work it off tomorrow or how we shouldn't be eating this, or we should be eating that, or we can't do this, or we can't do that because our mind is just trapped thinking about this. Our bodies, we only get one, right? And so I believe it's okay to get angry. I want you to get angry. I want you to get ticked off that when you look at advertising and you look at all these things that you say, look at how they're trying to show me what's wrong with my body. What if I become so aware of that, that now when I look at my body, I don't see that. Instead, I see me and I see who I am, not what I look like. I look in the mirror and I see me and I am proud of the human that I am because I'm making the choices that are aligned with my values and yeah. my, and my priorities. Right. So that is the message. And yes, I love working with little girl, younger girls to really do that. But what we find is that with research is that the moms, your mom has the, or female figure in your life has the most impact on your body image. And so how she talks about her body, how she talks about food, how she talks about fitness is going to create a ripple effect. So if I can get women to, you know, look at their bodies, talk about them less, view food and fitness as fuel, then we're going to have the next generation of girls growing up in that manner, not ever even thinking about, you know, what's wrong with this or how do I change that or whatever. They're still going to get that because there's lots of other things in the world, but they won't get it from us. So boom, my job. 
there you have it. I love this so much. I think it's one that a lot of people are going to listen to over and over. There were so many good nuggets. And, you know, I think just even becoming aware of how you can change the narrative, you're so good about that, you know, like just shifting the paradigm, shifting the narrative, shifting the way that we're viewing things. If your your body is the vehicle for your soul, if your body is the, just the vehicle for your purpose and putting more emphasis, my mom always says, you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, right? Like we put the wrong emphasis on the, the things that actually don't deserve the emphasis. Like it's who you are and what you love doing and all the things. And I think you really do a great job of shifting the emphasis on the right syllables of our lives. Like the things that actually hold the most substance, the things that are actually the most important so that those carry more weight in our life, the pun carry more weight, but Thank you for being you. You are just such a gem, such a joy. You guys, okay, tell them where they can find you. Oh, you can find me anywhere. You can go Facebook, Instagram, Danielle, Nicole. I have changed my last name because I recently got married, LaRose. Um, So yeah, so I can send you the links and all the things. Uh, Website is prettypowerfulgirl.com. And so all the things are there. Any resources? I have resources for helping your daughter um, grow up more confidently and all the things. So reach out. I love it. You're amazing. She does the best TikToks. So you have to (laughs) TikToks and Reels. So you are amazing friend. And I look forward to a 2.0 of this conversation because it feels like the party's just getting started. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, friend. You're amazing. Ditto, sister.